Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about our new movie, Silent Hill? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. Hey. Hey, what's up? It's, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That was was good. Lots Uh, happening in our very exciting lives. Yeah, (laughs) so much stuff is happening. Yes. So many things. Yes. So, So, Lauren, I have to tell you this story. Okay. About what happened at work the other day. Okay. I think we, uh, our listeners might find this amusing, but... So I was in the office on Wednesday and the vice president was in town. And when I was leaving the office, I heard a very loud plane coming over the building. And that's pretty common because we're near the airport. Right. And um, so I like to watch them. And I was right by the windows looking to the south. And I was like, oh, I'll stop because I'm leaving, I'm going home, but I was like, oh, I'll stop at the windows and watch this plane really quick. And this, a plane, a giant plane came over the building so close that I thought it was going to, I really thought it was going to crash. I thought it was crashing at takeoff because it wasn't going up. It was flying in a straight trajectory just over the building. And then it got over the building and over the parking lot in front of the building. And it suddenly banked left. And I thought, like, literally, oh, my gosh, this plane, this giant plane is crashing in the tree, in the parking lot. And the trees, like, just beyond the parking lot. And then it, when it banked left, then it started ascending. And then it was fine. But it was terrifying. And I'm pretty sure it was the vice president's plane because... I have this like flight radar app that I referred to and it wasn't on the app and there was like no, no other planes on the app. And I think like they inhibit takeoffs and landings for like 30 minutes before and after like a president or vice president comes or goes from an airport, you know, and it was so loud and so close and so scary. And if the people on the plane hadn't been wearing seatbelts, they were probably thrown into the aisles. It was insane. Oh my, <laughs> my heart crazy. was racing. Anyway. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, when you said vice president, I thought you meant like of our company. <laughs> oh. I didn't realize you meant of the United States. <laughs> no, the vice president of the United States. <laughs> I was like, I was like, the vice president of our company has his own plane that's so swank. <laughs> I was like, and he comes to a he comes to an empty office. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why I was like, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, Whatever. it was freaky. It was cool and terrifying at the same time. Like there were two women in the parking lot that I saw from the window, and it got my heart racing so much that it gave me courage to like walk over towards them and ask them if they thought the plane was going to crash when it went over. And they were like, Oh my gosh, we did. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. That's the scary. The plane was so close that the people in the plane could probably have seen those women's expressions. Like, oh my God. It was so weird. Anyway, that is weird. That's so there's a little weird. political story for this election season. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Oh man. 
Um, well, I don't have anything nearly as exciting as that. Um, I did have to, I wanted to tell you that I started watching this show called Sex Education. It's on Netflix. Oh yeah, I've seen the yeah. picture. Yeah. It's really funny. Is I'd it? recommend it. Yeah, it's with Gillian Anderson. Oh and, really? Yeah. And so she's like a sex therapist and like her son is in high school. And he starts working with this this girl who I swear looks like she could be like Margot Robbie's sister. She looks just like her. Um, and the guy starts giving like sex like advice to or like, you know, therapizing like the students that are at the school while he's working with this girl. And it's it's just like a funny, like an honest take on like sexuality, especially like teen sexuality, you know? Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's funny. Maybe I'll I check like it that. out. I like I like Gillian Anderson a lot. Yeah, I do too. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah. She's funny in this too. Skilly. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's like so <laughs> like one of the one of the things is like she's like sitting with her son and she's like, Honey, I've noticed lately that you're faking masturbation. <laughs> He's like, Oh my god, mom. <laughs> so how do you fake masturbation? He like it's like he starts and he's like setting it up like he's like like he opens a magazine like to like a sexy picture of a woman and he has like lotion but then like nothing happens like he like freaks out before he can like achieve. oh yeah like IMAX. um so but then he'll just like leave it out in the open so it looks like he's masturbating because his mom is a sex therapist so it's kind of one of those things where it's like encouraged because it's a healthy form of sexuality you know and um and he's just like you need to stay out of my life <laughs> like why are you like going in my room and everything and um it's funny i'd recommend it yeah it sounds it sounds clever yeah 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 girl so um you want to do our mini topic for this week yes let's get to it so i had a lot so like our our topic is like pet peeves about movies and i had like a lot of pet peeves but i didn't write them all down because i didn't want to like do too many you know mm-hmm. but i was starting to get <laughs> starting to like notice them more and more as i was like watching things and i was like oh man i really don't like that that annoys me but um yeah so i have i think like four three or four do you want to go first three. or shall i go first uh you can go first okay so I talked with you about this and I've been watching CSI and um, Grissom does this a lot where he like quotes something obscure and the person that he's talking to always fucking knows what he's quoting. And it drives, so me, <laughs> it drives me nuts because it's like, and, and I'm not just talking about CSI that this happens, but this happens in other things too, where someone is like, says some like deep quote and the other person's like, oh. Thoreau yeah I know exactly like and it's just always like the most obscure quote that like most people in the world are not gonna know like they might be familiar with it but they're not gonna know exactly who it is and it's always like they're always like oh Thoreau volume three page 111 <laughs> it's just of like, his personal letters that were only published very small <laughs> in very small volumes yeah they do that a lot in romantic movies and it's like so cringy when like somebody starts quoting and then the other person like finishes the quote. Yes. I hate that. <laughs> I hate too. <laughs> and it's always like, yeah. And it's always done in a way where they're like, look at each other and they're like, Oh, you know, that quote, <laughs> I do know that quote. 
Wow. Okay. They spoof that in the movie. Um, they came together. I think is what it's called. Where they're like both at a bookstore, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, you read fiction?" And he goes, "I read fiction. I've none of my friends read fiction. You read fiction?" And then they like their meet cute is like reading fiction. <laughs> so, yeah, we saw that movie together. Isn't that with yeah. Polar and Paul Rudd? And we were yeah. like, and we were making fun of the whole like, "You like fiction? I also like fiction." And it's like. Everyone fucking reads fiction, man. It doesn't make you a unique, like, person to read fiction. So, yeah, so I, I agree with you. That's a really annoying thing, like, the obscure quote. And it's, it's the so over dramatic. It is. It's over dramatic, and it's always like, it, it's just, it's just not realistic. Like, it, it's not like, it, it's not some super famous quote you know what I mean and like whenever I quote something to someone I'm I'm usually saying something like oh there's this quote by like Lord Byron that I really like you know um and then I'll like say it or I'll be like well it's it's something like this and not I don't totally like remember the word for word but I'm never like blah 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 and then the person is like blah 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 and I'm like oh my god you know (laughs) you read fiction too (laughs) yeah yeah, no, but I know what you're talking about in the CSI thing, and I really hate it because it's like he'll be like musing over something and he'll be like, hmm, not idly do the leaves of Lorien fall. <laughs> I I watched uh, The Fellowship of the Ring and Half of the Two Towers yesterday. Did you? <laughs> I was I was a marathoning Lord of the Rings. So nice. if Grissom had said that to me, I would have been like, Lord of the Rings? You know Lord of the Rings? <laughs> that totally obscure book that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> that movie series that no one saw. <laughs> no one in the world has ever heard of Elijah Wood. <laughs> oh, that's a really good one. That's really good. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. What's yours? Um, mine is, well, I, I really don't like this, but a movie that sort of brought it to the forefront that I casually watched recently, I watched a movie called Destination Wedding with Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Mm -hmm. And I really just, I discovered that I hate the grumpy, hateful, meet cute. Me too. So like the two characters can't stand each other at the beginning of the movie and then they end up together and I don't like that I don't think it's romantic because it makes me think that the characters don't like they don't know their self themselves even well enough to know if they like someone or not and how do you get past someone saying really mean things about you just days before because I think in middle school that's what happens when you like somebody because you you're like processing your emotion and your brain is going through like chemical changes and lots of stuff is happening it's a very confusing time but if you're in your 30s and you are like he was so cruel to me and I hate him so much but we're gonna get married I can't (laughs) I can't buy it I hate it I don't mind like there's varying levels there's like a slight irritation Right. And that's, I can get by that a little bit, but I just don't like people who are just like, I hate you so much. I hate you so much. Let's have sex. Now we're in love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once I decide that I don't like someone, like that's pretty much it. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't change my mind about them. I think I'd have to see some like extreme, like 
you know, I don't know, thing where they're like very, very kind to someone before I might even remotely change my mind. And even then I'd still be like, yeah, but they're still the same person. Like they haven't changed, you know, it doesn't, I don't know. I, I've never had the feeling where I'm like, oh, I dislike someone. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm in love with them. It's always like, I just like you. And that's that man. We're not, not going to change my mind. You know, I agree with you to some extent. Like I think for an acquaintance or a friend, I could probably look past some things, but for a romantic relationship, for sure. Like I've never met somebody that I've just totally disliked where I've been like, but maybe someday we can date each other. Never. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> no, in a same. romantic situation that doesn't happen. Like I know what I like. I know who I like. You know, I know what I want to date. So I don't know why I would put myself through the torture of just being miserable for like a weekend so we could like somehow like each other but you're still gonna annoy each other after that i don't know but i because i hate that me cute i i just really strongly dislike it it doesn't well it doesn't seem like a very like healthy start to a relationship either you know if you're like initial feeling going into a relationship is like oh i don't like this person like is that gonna get better later down yeah. the road like you know how like, does that just... how does that even work because mm -hmm. i've met people like i've met men of the opposite obviously opposite sex because they're men but i've met men who i found really irritating and like i've never come around to thinking like oh but <laughs> yeah <laughs> if we were stuck in an elevator together no like that just no. it's not gonna happen it's it's just not it's not cute i don't like it so that's mine <laughs> no i don't i don't think it's cute either i think it's 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 just like I could see like something small happening and then like at the end of the day they're like well we had fun but I gotta go and like live my life so bye you know but like a long-term thing where they're like we're gonna end up getting married and everything I'm like I don't I don't believe that not at all yeah I totally agree it's yeah it's a weird trope and it's I just feel it's unrealistic I don't think I've yeah. I mean, if it's yeah. not a movie about middle schoolers, then I'm not sure why it's in an adult movie. Yeah. And it's like, I've had instances where I really like someone and then I've realized that they're annoying and then I end things with them. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's never been like, oh, you're annoying. And then I develop feelings. It's always like, God, you're so annoying. Just get away from me. Like, I can't be around you, man. You're too much. Um, <laughs> Anyway, yeah. what's your what's your next one? My next one is um oh I have four actually. Okay. Um technology based horror where the answer is to literally just turn off your phone. Like <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're like, oh my god, all these and it's always teenagers, and the teenagers are like, my friends are all being killed by their phones. And I'm like, just take your fucking battery out of your fucking <laughs> phone and then you'll live. Like, is your life so like is your being attached to your phone so much more important than like your life? Like, come on, let's have some like perspective here. Yeah, and that's a really good one. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> dumb. It's like and especially if the entire answer to the entire movie can be solved in two minutes, then I have a real issue with that. And everyone's like dying and they're like, I don't know how to stop this. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my Lord, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> it's just, 
<laughs> it's and it's it's one thing if it's um technology based like the way the ring is because the ring is spooky and it's well done you know but no when it's like it's like <laughs> it's always like um I think there's a movie called like unfriended or something and it's about like someone who's like getting killed through like Facebook I don't know I don't really remember well Lauren <laughs> Something weird just happened. Mike texted me just hours ago this morning and said, I'm watching Unfriended on Netflix. <laughs> so terrible. The fact that you bring it up right now is mind-blowing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a terrible movie. And it's, it's like you could delete Facebook. <laughs> like, you know? like, I mean, if your I, entire life is, is like – if you're if the answer to saving your life is literally just deleting an app off your phone then delete the app off your fucking phone <laughs> it's not hard i the thing is the thing about the ring you brought up the ring and the thing is about the ring is like you said it's more complicated like it took her a while to realize the solution yeah yeah and so like the technology wasn't just well don't watch the video but like if you accidentally watch the video why why are you some dying and some aren't so there's like this you know there's right. but yeah if it's just like turn off your phone <laughs> like, so dumb so dumb yeah yeah and i've seen like i've seen this one called the den and that was about <clears throat> like people who were being stalked through um like a chat app um okay. like a video chat app like where you video chat with strangers and that was really creepy uh, but that was not technology based it was people who were stalking through technology and they it wasn't like i'm talking about like technology that kills you that's the issue yep. i have yeah it's like it's one thing if it's humans using technology to stalk you and kill you that's different that's humans using technology i'm talking about straight up like your phone is trying to like you know i don't know throat punch you in the middle of the night or something you know what i mean like it's just <laughs> like yeah you know? so yeah yeah no, that's a good one i Thanks. i like that too yeah an over-reliance on technology is is can bad be a down, can be a downfall yeah it can definitely <laughs> can kill you just take yeah off your, take out your battery <laughs> you find your phone is trying to kill you just take out your battery yeah yeah <laughs> that's a good one i like that thank you so um my next one <laughs> is something that really really bothers me and it is actually um pertinent to today's movie okay. <laughs> and it's children who draw prophetic art <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i can fully say how much i dislike that trope that terrible terrible trope <laughs> where it's like what are you drawing johnny it's me and daddy and you and the ghost who lives in our house <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I can't stand it. If there's a movie with a little kid and the little kid is an artiste of any kind, I know it's going to bother me. Like, I hate it. <laughs> it's so funny. That is very, uh, that's very um, relevant to today's discussion. <laughs> yeah. And we talked about this briefly in Insidious as well, where like the kid draws these like super dark drawings and they hang them up on his wall and I oh just, yeah I oh that was so weird it was such a weird i hate it it's such movie. a cheap it's such a cheap and lazy way to get us a, a point across like uh, oh 
What is this scary drawing you did? Are you seeing ghosts? Are we living in a horror movie? Um, I have to hand it to the movie Signs. Not a one, not one drawing in the movie Signs, and it's an amazing movie. So it is an amazing. He did something creative. I mean, he made it so the girl was like, "I don't like this water," you know. The water's contaminated. But I mean, you know, say what you want about the aliens not liking water and signs. At least M. Night Shyamalan didn't just hand her a crayon and be like, draw an alien that you saw in a dream. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's, um, I, I agree. It's, well, we'll get into it as we discuss Silent Hill. It didn't bother me so much in Silent Hill, but like I, especially like in Insidious, it was like, okay, <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> you know? I don't like it in any movie. It's, it's really, it's, it's tired. It needs to be put to rest. It's good. It's a good one. Okay, so my next one is, um, <laughs> this, it really bugs me, and let me, just let me explain this. So it really bugs me when, when they use one actor as a twin. Now, a movie like The Parent Trap is different because it's an homage to, like, a movie from, like, the 60s or whatever, you know? And that's a cute, like, kids film. That's, that's a little different. It's when it's like a serious film and it's an adult person and they use like, they did it in the movie Mama with, um, his name's like Nicolaj Walder Costo. He, he played Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones and he played his own twin. And I was just like, <laughs> like, especially after the rant that I had in Broadchurch, like I have a really hard time believing that there is no other person in the world that looks at least slightly like this guy that you can be like, oh no, they're twins. Then like make them fraternal twins. Like why do you have to have one guy play twins or make them brothers? Like if there's no reason for them to be twins, why do they have to be twins? And it drives me up the fucking wall. I hate that trope so much. So much, Sam. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. It's interesting. It really bothers me. It. <laughs> it bothers me a lot. It's 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 just like it's not lazy. It it just irritates me. Like it's one of those things where I am. I don't know. I can't explain why I hate it, but I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, that's interesting because, like, I saw a movie, I think I've mentioned here before, called The Pretty One, mm-hmm. where, um, I can't remember her name, but the actress plays... Zoe Kazan? Yeah, she plays identical twins, and it needs to happen because she, like, takes the place of the twin, so they couldn't have, they couldn't have cast another person because she needed to be identical. Otherwise, it's like... Oh, am I suspending disbelief that this other actress is so identical that she can take her place? Right. Well, so, okay. I agree in, in instances like that, but when it's not like when it's not necessary to the plot for them to be twins and they use twins. That's what okay. bo- that's what bothers bothers me. I see what you mean. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I actually I still like I appreciate that it bothers you, but I actually I would rather the filmmaker like show me two people that look exactly alike then show me two people that look sort of alike and be like they're twins you know so yeah i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> agree to disagree agree to disagree like <laughs> usual <laughs> um do you have any more i do have one more if you want to okay. keep going or, or yeah keep going because i have one more too 
So uh, you and I talked about this one. So I don't know if this one is, is your last one or not, but it is something that also bothers me. And it's unrealistic hacking in movies. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't write that on mine. I, I just, I, I think like the hacking aspect is novel and it doesn't totally bother me, but it bothers me that they can be like, we picked up this hip kid off the street and he's a hacker. And he goes like, click, 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 fixed it. Or click, 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 found a way in. Let me just unlock all the doors for you. Click, click, click. You know, I, that sort of like unrealism kind of bugs the me. The United States government. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I just, I've been, I've just been, you know, hanging out in the basement tip tapping away on my computer and i learned how to break into all these government firewalls and well i'm sure i mean obviously that does happen i just i just think it's funny like the american government is this very wealthy organization and they look through all of their highly trained um like tested employees and they're like none of you can do it but there is a man who is just a ne'er-do-well, who couldn't accomplish much in life, who's a very good hacker that we have to bring in. And I, you know, like, I'm not saying all those stories across the board are bad. I'm just saying make it look a little bit more difficult to be a hacker. I don't know. Well, and it always takes them, like, two minutes, you know? Yeah. They're like, you know, and it always reminds me of um, the scene. You've seen Super Troopers, right? No. You haven't? Okay. No. <laughs> There's one scene where this character is he's like enhancing a uh, a picture and he's just going like enhance 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 and like and it's funny but it always reminds me of that because um it, it's just like it's like kind of like a play on like on the hacking thing but like I totally get what you mean because we were talking about that with again CSI where there's like one point where someone's using like Photoshop to like correct a photo and it takes them like two seconds to correct the photo. And I'm like, listen, I've worked with Photoshop and I've worked with the thing that they are doing and it does not take two seconds to like full on fix a photo. And it's just so, it's so unrealistic. Like it, it, it's like if someone was like, oh, hey, could you like edit this photo and then like I'll come back in like 20 minutes and like see how far you've gone or whatever you know then yeah but like within two seconds I'm like okay um that's you know you're gonna you're gonna face a lot of like you're gonna mess up because that's just how it goes you know with Photoshop because it's technology and technology is not perfect so like you have to go back and you have to fix what you just did so then you go okay so that didn't work so let me try this instead and it's just like yeah no I I totally get what you mean yeah yeah big time big time yeah. So my last one is, um, <laughs> I think I told you this, when a female character announces that they like another female character, but it's always done in a way, like, okay, I'm just going to tell you my example first. You can understand. It's the Mission Impossible Fallout when Michelle Monaghan is brought back into the picture and she was Ethan Hunt's wife. And they have Ilsa, who's played by Rebecca Ferguson, is, like, kind of Ethan Hunt's, like, kind of love interest. But, like, they never really, like, nothing ever really happened with them. But there's no reason for Ilsa to dislike Michelle Monaghan's character or really even know who she is. And at one point, Michelle Monaghan is helping um, Luther, like, like 
stop a bomb from exploding. And she's like, you know, Michelle Monaghan's very intelligent. She's very, you know, she knows what she's doing. And uh, Rebecca Ferguson, like over like the, the um, like, like walkie talkie or they're, you know, really um, like, you know, technological, like really super advanced version of it is like, oh, I like her. And I'm like, there's no reason for her to have said that she likes her because there's no reason for her to dislike her in the first place. And it's like the only reason that they're saying like, oh, I like her is because for some reason, I think that they, like the writers are like saying that, oh, these two women aren't competitive. But I'm like, but I never thought that they were. So I don't understand why it's necessary for the girl to announce that she likes this other woman other than for it to be like, oh, we're cool with each other. But there's no reason for them not to be cool with each other. So like, and it's, I think it's almost kind of like an inherent thing where people think that women are like naturally competitive with each other, which can be the case, obviously, in certain instances. But in that instance, it was, it was like, it wasn't, <laughs> like, it wasn't a thing. Like, it wasn't necessary at all for her to announce that she liked her. And it was so cringy and weird and I fucking hate it. And I notice it a lot in movies where they're like, oh, I like her. And I'm like, okay, like, but I never thought that you didn't. Like, I never was at any point was questioning like, hmm, does she like her? Because I'm, I'm wondering if she really likes her, but then, oh, she does like her. Okay, great. Well, now I know. Perfect. Wonderful. The rest of the movie can just go flawlessly for me, including the 15 minute, um, <laughs> helicopter fight <laughs> yeah I think it is playing on like a um, societal belief that women are just like catty yeah to each other and competitive no matter what I agree with you I know what you're talking about and I think that's weird as well yeah I I never really drilled down and thought about it I always just sort of didn't like it, but I agree. I think it's just sort of like a little cheeky nod to the fact that like sometimes women are nasty to each other. Yeah. It's, and I've, in all my life, I have never met, like, I mean, I'm sure I've met women that I didn't like or I didn't get along with, but that's the same with anyone. It doesn't matter their gender. Like it's never really necessary to announce that other to other than to like, to show the audience like, oh, they're cool with each other. But we didn't have to know that. Why, why would the audience care? Why would they, why would you care that Michelle Monaghan and, um, you know, Rebecca Ferguson are going to get along? And the thing is too, is that they are introduced maybe for like, they, they're not even introduced to each other. They like kind of casually like see each other, but they don't like have a conversation. There's again, absolutely no reason for her to have announced that to the rest of the team because there's just no reason for her to dislike her at any point other than like the fact that they maybe like have a history with the same guy, but it does, it's, it's irrelevant because, you know, Michelle Monaghan's married to Wes Bentley in that. So she's like, it's, it's not a competition. Like, it's just, it's just a weird, it's just a weird thing. And again, I think it's because people think that women are like naturally competitive with each other, but I don't think that is the case in general. I've not had that experience. And if I had, well, then that's that. And it doesn't matter, you know? So 
That's yeah, my last I one. think yeah, I think in real life, if I've met a female that is unpleasant then and I feel compelled to be like, Well, I like her. That's <laughs> a weird situation. But in this yeah. movie, neither one of them were unpleasant to the other one, so it doesn't fit. Yeah, and they yeah. I mean and they both care about they both care about Ethan and that should be it. That should be the only thing that should connect them is that they're like, we both care that he's alive. He's alive. Great. It was nice to meet you for like the two seconds that we met. Have a nice life. We're probably never going to talk again. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. all you need to know. Like, yeah. And <laughs> it just, <laughs> it's, it's like, I've seen that movie like so many times. Cause like that one. And like, I think it's, um, ghost protocol is like available to watch on like, like, a like Hulu or whatever. Um, and it's like that's the that's like the biggest part of the movie that I hated so much, except for the you know fifteen minute helicopter fight scene that was obviously like at least an hour long, but for some reason in the movie is like that was egregious <laughs> even for Mission Impossible standards. I know, like when they're like on the plateau and they're like fighting with each other, I'm like, this is gonna take at least this is fifteen minutes. This fight here is fifteen minutes, and you're telling me that them fighting in the helicopter was fifteen minutes long including this fighting scene on this plateau i don't i don't think so no it's impossible yeah mission impossible yeah (laughs) i don't even know how mission double impossible but anyway no that's a good one i like that one and i know exactly what you mean it is usually kind of like cringy yeah it's weird it's real weird anyway are you ready to talk about the movie i am all right Okay, so what did you think of it? Lauren, I hate this movie. <laughs> I hate this movie almost as much as I hate Legends of the Fall. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, I have to say I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not, not surprised. That you you thought like I was going to hate it? I'm not surprised that you didn't like it. <laughs> it's not even scary. Oh, you weren't scared by it? No. Really? That's I not why that... I hate it. I hate it because it's a terrible movie. <laughs> really? So, Lauren, you called me. You told me at least three times <laughs> that it's terrifying, that it's scary, it's disturbing. I, I shouldn't watch it alone. And it was not scary to me <laughs> at all. <laughs> there were two moments. There are two moments that I can think of that I thought, okay, this is sort of spooky. After that, nope. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Um, what were the moments? We'll get to them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, let's start talking about it. So you really like this movie, right? I really like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I like a lot of stuff about it. I like that it's kind of like leaves you questioning like what happened in the end. Um Yeah, I mean, I've I've I saw it when it first came out though. So I saw it in 2006. So you know, it's been like simmering in my brain for 14 years. Um and I've just always liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should, what? 
I was hoping that you part of you would like it, but I had a feeling that you were not gonna like it. I was I was very excited because it was a movie I'd never seen before, and it was spooky, allegedly very like spooky and disturbing. And I thought, well, this will be this will be fun. And almost from pretty much from the moment it started, I hated it. <laughs> and I watched it with Mike. Yeah. And I said, like thirty minutes in, maybe I said this. I hate this movie. This movie sucks. I would have turned it off, Lauren. I I feel like, oddly, I'm mirroring what you said about communion, and I'm not blind to that fact. And I wish that there was a buffer movie in between, so it didn't look like we just traded places. But it wasn't. It I didn't like it at all. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's talk about why. Yeah, but we should say like. Um, Val, who has been on the show a couple times before, did send us an email. Yep. Asking us to talk about certain subjects. Yes. So, um, it's funny because she said, hey, hey, Lolo and Sam, I love Silent Hill and I think it's underappreciated and unfairly written off as a bad movie. I would love for you to talk about the cinematography, which is truly top-notch and beautifully atmospheric. The soundtrack, which is utterly eerie and adds so much to the hellish, otherworldly vibe, and the plot itself, which, while not as tight as most horror films, leaves a lot open to interpretation. Such as where Silent Hill actually is, hell, purgatory, somewhere in between. Okay, well, so we don't want to get, like, too far into that. But that's, like, that's her first half of the email. Yeah, um, so thank you, Val, <laughs> for sending an email. Yes, thank you thank for sending you, that. But I did have one comment. Okay, Val. I don't think the movie is unfairly written off as a bad movie. I think it's well earned. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I will say though, I will say I agree that the set design is really cool. Yeah, really, really cool set design. I love. Um until the special effects when the special effects start i have to disagree but just like the set itself i think is really cool and it is eerie in itself in and of itself it's an eerie setting and like the way everything is like peeling and falling apart is very cool and and the school is really neat and the way light and shadow work and color is all very well done in the movie and Mm -hmm. it looks very video gamey in a good way in this in this regard they really recreated a video game world i never played the game but i've played enough video games to like recognize video games and it so they did do a really good job with that in that aspect of set design yeah yeah i agree um well i like the movie <laughs> so let's start let's talk about um how the so the character of uh, sharon his little girl is like sleepwalking ran away from home is like on the edge of a cliff and about to fall over which was pretty stressful i thought <laughs> anyway um and Just her put parents- a fence around your yard if your kid sleepwalks yeah or like a lock on her door if you <laughs> live well yeah if you live by a, a giant waterfall just like fence in your yard yeah yeah lock lock your um you know, put a lock on the, on the, what am I trying to say? On the gate? 
Yes, thank you. A gate. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to say. Uh, put a lock on the gate so that your little girl doesn't run out. Um, I I will say in a video game, and this is true for multiple things in the movie, video game reality, you can get away with being way more bonkers than you can in a movie without explanation. So like in a video game, yeah, the mom ran like, it seemed like the mom ran like a mile to find this girl. And then she's like, teetering on the edge of this cliff asleep still and in a movie i mean you can't i you almost need like one other three minute scene of her and the dad talking like what are we going to do about her sleepwalking instead of just like oh she's sleepwalking she almost fell off a cliff you know i i think in a video game and i'll say this multiple times throughout the show you can get away with a lot more of a lot more ridiculousness than in a movie yeah. and that bothered me because i i don't that's another trope that actually i don't like is like sleepwalking tropes where people can like i don't know buy a ticket and fly to france and still be asleep you know that doesn't happen like sleepwalking is i know that it's like supernatural in this movie so it's apples and oranges but you take egregious liberties with the sleepwalking storyline that really bothers me. Right. No, I, I agree with you. It's well, and, and it's like what you said. It's like, um, Rose is the mom's name. Rose seems like she's going like way out of her way to find her kid who for some reason she all like, I don't, I don't know if I, I guess they, they never really explain like, does the kid, always have the same route every time that she sleepwalks you know is that how they found her so quickly because if you're trying to find her and it's this like you know massive expanse especially like she's going across a a busy road where the guy almost gets hit by the car you know her yeah. the husband um what's his name christopher so well that's on him because he weirdly was like standing in the lane and then standing okay. in the middle of the road like you, if you're crossing a busy road you cross it as fast as possible but he was right. just like oh, i've never seen a road before <laughs> just, so <laughs> what is this black river <laughs> yeah, yeah um yeah no you're right that is kind of on him so um so anyway um the little girl is talking about Silent Hill or she's talking about going home, Silent Hill. She's saying it over and over again. And to me personally, the fact that Rose, like her first instinct is to take her little girl to this place that she's talking about instead of like, I don't know, getting therapy, I thought was kind of weird because- That's what I mean. Like just give us <laughs> like three minute scene where a therapist is like, you know, she keeps talking about Silent Hill. Maybe- you should orchestrate a trip back there to see if it helps her heal. Right. You know, something, some sort of explanation. Right. And the fact that Rose takes Sharon and just like disappears, doesn't tell her husband where she's going, is very troublesome because it makes you wonder like, well, what kind of relationship do they have where she's like, I'm just going to take her to this random little town in the middle of fucking nowhere. And um, not talk to you about it and it could be a dangerous situation and he like is trying to search for her and he's trying to find her and everything it's it's scary like it's it's scary in the in the idea that 
you don't really know like what Rose is thinking as far as like her behavior. She's like willing to take her daughter out of this, you know, the safety of their home to this random place where like they they don't know what they're going to expect when they go into the city that as far as the viewer knows has been abandoned for like years and years. So it's, yeah, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I just, I don't care. I don't care for like being thrown in. We were thrown in and the story was already in progress basically. And then they really didn't explain it very well. I thought for a lot of the movie, like I have a lot of questions about the basic plot that we'll get to. Okay. And I agree with you. Like the dialogue was really boring. I thought I didn't think the little girl was a good actress. Okay, so I actually have I have some things to say about Rose, the um the actress Rada Mitchell. I as an actress, I don't really like her. I find her to be um and there's there's like a specific scene that I can really think of that stands out particularly where I feel like she is she is showing the emotion that she's supposed to be feeling or this character is supposed to be feeling but she doesn't she's not acting like she's feeling it so it's like a hollow performance yeah i I think i know exactly what you mean yeah like you're like okay she's afraid but she doesn't like really like she doesn't change her her like the expression on her face a lot so she kind of has the same expression throughout the entire film in these scenes where i thought she should be terrified and it was like, okay, she's afraid, but it's just like, just almost like a placid fear. Like, it's just not, it's kind of like, almost like um, if you got a call from like your ex that you didn't want to talk to, like, it's that kind of level of fear. It's not like you're like, oh shit, I don't really want to like talk to them, but you know, I'm not like terrified. I'm just more like, uh, ignore, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. I, I agree. I don't think her performance had much depth either. No, no. I didn't think she was very good. Um, Anyway, so Rose takes Sharon. She starts taking her to to Silent Hill and they're being followed by a cop. Yeah. We learn from like the dad, Sean Bean, he sees her internet search, which is like ghost towns of America and Silent Hill is a ghost town, like an abandoned mining town basically and there's some disaster a fire that happened yeah and that's why fire in the coal mine yeah fire in the coal mine and it's actually based after a real place called centralia pennsylvania oh really Mm -hmm. yeah that's cool yeah and in centralia i guess like there is some massive fire that has just been burning for decades and decades and they can't stop it so really everyone abandoned the town yep i think there's like a couple people that still live there, but I don't, it's not like, I think pretty much everyone left. Hmm. Yeah. So, which is kind of the same for this place, but, um, they're being followed by the cop, Sybil, who is be is real suspicious of Rose's behavior, which are, are Rose's like, you know, reasoning for taking this child. And well, that doesn't like none of that story. I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, none of fine. this storyline makes sense. So they're stopped at like a gas station. Right. And Rose like holds up pictures that Sharon drew and oh, lo and behold, they have some dark <laughs> drawings on them. And Sharon's like crying. She's like, mommy, who did? Th-? I, I'm going to stop doing the voice now because it's bothering me. But 
Sharon's like, Mom, who did that? But imagine it in a more annoying baby voice. <laughs> and so she's like throwing a fit and the cop sees it across the parking lot and the cop like automatically assumes something nefarious is going on when in reality, a mom and a kid have a disagreement probably all the time in the world. Like it's not right. that notable. I don't know why the cop thought it was anything. Why she well, was she- suspicious at all. I think she was, she mentions, um, there's a couple times that they mention that um, some guy had kidnapped a kid and like dropped him in a mine shaft or something like that. Yeah, but the little girl was calling her mommy. Yeah. Like a kidnapped kid wouldn't be like. And she's like hugging her and everything. So it's not like she's like, she's like, no, don't touch me. Get off me. Like she's not fighting Rose or anything. She's like hugging her. Like I'm scared, mom. Like, um you're right that is kind of weird that the cop would like immediately suspect that something is going on because she ends up like stalking them to silent hill yeah and i don't really get why the mom didn't pull over for the cop like that didn't make any sense to me either because you weren't doing anything wrong this is your child the cop you know like just pull over yeah i don't i don't really get that either to me it's like if she just pulled over and she's like we're going to visit family. Like, that's all you got to say. Like, you don't have to like, you know, yeah. like you don't have to tell her the whole truth. Like it doesn't, it's not going to matter, you know? Um, but then with Rose, like stepping on the gas pedal and like, you know, zooming away, that suddenly becomes very suspicious. And I could understand why the cop would follow her after that. Well, because- yeah, of course, because she was trying to pull her over and she fled. Right. Also, something weird is that they establish that they can look up Silent Hill on all these websites or this Mm -hmm. website, but both Rose and her husband in different parts of the movie have to ask for directions on how to get there. And I thought, well, surely if you can read about them online, there's detailed directions. So I didn't (laughs) like that. And there was a street sign and the like the lady at the gas station was like the road's closed you can't get through there but she pulled off and she drove through the fence so i like (laughs) i don't know why they couldn't find it when they found it online and there was a sign yeah so that doesn't make sense either well i think it's the whole idea that like the locals are all like um oh no you can't go to silent hill like silent hills it's closed down it's like a spooky ghost town um but it doesn't – in other movies, I think – and I can't specifically think of any in particular, but I know in other movies they do it better where, like, the locals are like, yeah, you really shouldn't go to this place because, like, bad shit happens there. But in this case, the locals are more like, I don't know. Like, I don't – I don't know. It's a place. Go – I don't know. Like, they, they have no idea. They don't care. Yeah. It's not sp- – there's no, like, sort of, like – foreshadowing like spookiness with um with uh you know why these these people shouldn't go to silent hill it's just it's just like i don't know how to get there it's closed down can't get there yeah they should have had some more dialogue where the person's like silent hill everybody there's dead yeah or something (laughs) yeah or something or like it was just very mysterious in a way that i didn't like like it didn't intrigue me to wait for the answers it made me annoyed right because i just want to know like i need a firm foundation you don't have to give me all the answers in the first 20 minutes but you do have to give me a foundation that makes me want to keep watching right and i 
I don't think this movie did that. And I'm not sure if that's because they are like, well, everybody who's seen it will have played the video game, which is a bad assumption, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Well, I mean, you know, Hollywood is notorious for creating horrible movies out of video games, you know? Um, but I obviously feel differently about this film because I liked it. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, if I had seen this now, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about it now if I'd seen it now versus like 14 years ago. Um, when I first saw it, it really, it freaked me out. I thought it was really spooky. Um, this time watching it around, I wasn't scared at all. I was just like, I mean, I'd also seen it a million times, so it's a little bit different. But um, even when I had seen it multiple times, I thought that it was like, it was creepy. So I don't know. Um, I don't know how I'd feel I don't, it's, it's kind of interesting, like, as you grow up, like, the things that, like, scare you now versus, like, how you felt about them then, you know, um, but anyway, so I have to tell you that I absolutely love Sybil, like, with every ounce of my being, <laughs> like, she is my favorite character, I, I love her so much, I had, like, a huge, like, lesbian crush on her when I first watched the movie, and you know what, I still do, Sam, I still have one, so, <laughs> you like those tough cop Tough I love cop, her uh, authority figures. <laughs> There's like one point where she like rips off her helmet. She starts shooting this creature, and I was like, "Oh my god, queen!" <laughs> <laughs> so I could have watched an entire movie about Sybil and like her adventures and been like, "This is the best movie ever." <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. Um, so Rose flees from Sybil and crashes or she yeah she crashes the car and hits like her head very hard on the uh steering wheel and yeah, I she swerves to meet to miss like the little girl there's oh, like yeah, a that's mysterious right. little girl walking across the bridge so she swerves to miss the little girl that's right that's right yeah and um wakes up and they're in Silent Hill and everything is like like ash falling from the sky. What did you what did you think of the town? Well, this part really bothered me because um any any semblance of maybe this movie will get better was killed for me at that moment because I knew that they were if not dead like yes, it's I guess basically a mystery like are they dead? Are they in purgatory? Well, I guess they'd be dead in purgatory like are they in a different dimension? Are they in purgatory? Are they in hell? Are they what? that mystery was solved for me because they're obviously not in the normal world anymore. So who cares where they are? Like, I don't care. Like she woke up and it's like raining ash and everything is weird and the color is different. And yes, I think the artistic design of those moments is really cool and it's really pretty and it's pleasing to look at. But at the same time, I don't have any mystery anymore. Like nothing looks the same. And she wakes up and the cop isn't right there, like, arresting her. There's nothing happening. It's daytime. So I know she's not in our normal existence anymore. And that ruined the rest of any mystery because whatever happens next is supernatural for supernatural's sake. So right. I was really bothered by the fact that it was so blatantly a different dimension of whatever form. And like I said, in my mind, I don't 
honestly really care where they ended up because there's no mystery left. Right. I would have preferred it to be, to look like no, like no ash falling. You know what I mean? Like no weird stuff happening at first and then build that mystery. And maybe I would have appreciated it more, but since I already knew that she was probably dead or probably something, I just was like over it at that point. And, um, she's like so the little girl was gone from the car so sharon sharon the little shit can't stay where she's supposed to be she starts wandering and uh and so the mom is like trying to find her and she's walking through the town and well wait so actually i have a i have a question do you think that do you think maybe instead of her actually leaving the car it was um dahlia that kidnapped her possibly yeah possibly that's a good point. Maybe she yeah. didn't leave on her own volition. Which I didn't actually think of that until this minute, so I'm kind of proud of myself. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> like I said, everything is like vaguely supernatural. So yeah, that's definitely yeah. possible. Um, yeah, because she does leave, which I thought if it were me and I was a child and I was in some strange place, I wouldn't leave my mom. Are you kidding me? Hell no. That's like the only safety I know. Right. Like, yeah. Um, so I think it's possible that maybe um, like kind of because Dolly is kind of like always hanging around, you know, that maybe she saw her and was like, oh, she looks like my child. And she was like, I'm going to kidnap her because she would later find out, which I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, that she kept her safe in this little room. Yeah. Um, away, away from like the rest of the cult. So uh, that's also possible that that happened. Yeah. That's that seems like it could be more likely. Sarah, sharing the shit. <laughs> so it was very video gamey how Rose was like walking around the town and then she walked down those steps and she like lit a lighter and she could only see like a very s- small circle around her and she's walking through these like dirty locations. It seemed very video game esque. Yeah. In that moment, that's when you hear like the air raid warning and then everything goes black. Yep. And then like a bunch of supernatural stuff happens. And I didn't care for the babies. The flame I call them the flame children. They were like CGI flame children. Like yeah. I didn't care for that. I I don't like fake special effects. I just don't right. like them. Right. I think I said earlier that I was on a I watched Lord of the Rings yesterday, part of it. And Lord of the Rings is so much more timeless to me because they they use a lot of practical effects. Right. And this movie relied on a lot of CG. Like when the, when the air raid would happen and everything would turn black, the walls would like sort of change. And it was all very obviously like computer effects. And the flaming babies were very obviously made from computers. And so that stuff really bothers me because Lord of the Rings was made six years before this movie. And they were able to make it way more timeless Right. Then they were able to make Silent Hill. And I don't know who is at fault here because you can only do what you can do with the budget you're given. But I think they just, there's not enough practical effects because the set design, when the blackness isn't around them, when it's not like supernatural and it's just her walking through a ghost town, I think the set design is really cool. Right. So they have it in their power to make something really cool, but I it just doesn't look cool to me when it's fake. Well, and like the flame children haven't exactly aged well with time. 
um they they look very much cgi you know but i didn't i didn't really care for those the flame children either but i do love that the walls are like peeling and everything and everything is changing i think that's really cool i think it's really spooky because you're kind like it's like she's so she's in a space that is all of a sudden like changing around her and there's she has no idea where she is anyway and then all of a sudden things are changing and they're like getting like darker and like scarier and she's starting to be attacked by things that she doesn't you know understand or she doesn't she doesn't know what she's looking at um which i mean like as they they say later that this whole place is like made of the nightmares of like alessa um and but like that girl's got some like i mean i guess the flame children would make sense with what happens to her but i'm getting ahead of myself so um so anyway so you didn't you didn't really like the whole like changing of the um like the walls peeling and everything i thought if i just think about what's happening it's interesting like just the fact that this air raid siren happens and some black supernatural force takes over for a little while and it's like dangerous and you have mm. to find shelter i think that's interesting i didn't care for the effects and i didn't care for the fact that i like you never really i never really understood what was fully happening i mean like if i was playing a video game I would accept it, but I'm not I'm watching a movie and I need something a little bit more to like carry me through. Otherwise it's just things happening for the sake of things happening. Right. And like her fighting all the babies or not really fighting, but like kicking them off was just like, this is what you do in a video game. You fight because you want to get to the big boss because you want to beat the game. But in a movie, I'm not going to be fighting the big boss. I'm watching a story unfold. And I think right. that that was poorly done as far as explanation to get me from one scene to the next right and i think and i again i haven't played the video game either um so maybe that's something like a throwback to the video game but if you haven't seen it then why, why would we care as a viewer because we have no idea that that's a thing because we've never played the video game um so i i get what you mean i i i guess i didn't really particularly care for the flame children um i didn't like i thought they were annoying <laughs> they're just like very loud and screechy and like um and when i think i first watched i don't even think i liked them when i first watched it i think i was kind of like like it was kind of creepy but like as i've grown older i'm like okay that probably wasn't even necessary um, there's like there's like something that like a life trope that has always annoyed me and it's like people being afraid of dolls mm -hmm. and like i've never been afraid of dolls like dolls don't scare me i i sure some dolls have like uglier faces and they're weird looking but i think i felt like this baby thing played on a trope of like people who are like oh little babies and dolls are so scary and maybe it didn't affect me because i don't feel that way like right time i was at work and i was talking to a woman i worked with and she was like oh 
dolls are scary. And I said, dolls are not scary, full stop. <laughs> and that was like the most snotty I've ever been to somebody, I think. <laughs> because it just, it just really annoys me. <laughs> I like how you're like, I need to say something and that's going to be the end of this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, that's it, lady. Okay. <laughs> Dolls are not scary. I don't care about your opinion because you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I felt like in this scene. I was like, okay, a certain type of person would maybe this is like playing on something that they don't like, like babies and dolls being scary. But yeah, for me, not so much. No, <laughs> I understand that. I get that. Um, it makes me like it just I'm just kind of going ahead a bit because we're talking about like a le- like this is like Alessa's nightmare. How come Alessa's nightmare includes like this super built scary looking pyramid head? Like why would she like they never explain that guy <laughs> and I was going to get to him because I didn't care for him at all either. No, I know. Well, you know we might as well. I mean, I think it's like pretty much well, okay, you know what actually no because Sybil then runs into um runs into rose right yeah so rose like wakes up from like the weird darkness and everything is quote-unquote normal again as normal as it can be right and sybil like handcuffs her and sybil has like blood on her face and she's like yeah i wrecked my motorcycle so i'm like oh, okay sybil's dead too so okay thanks for <laughs> killing all the mystery because you know right. i didn't need a shred of like still wanting to believe in this movie so, <laughs> so- I have to say, I'm, I, I am not surprised that you didn't like it, but I was hoping that you would at least be like, oh, it was kind of spooky, but you're like, no, fuck this fucking movie, and it's least spooky. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're getting, we are getting to a part that I thought was spooky. Okay. So, so don't worry. Okay. <laughs> but, okay. yeah, so her and Sybil, well, so she, like, runs away from Sybil, and she, like, contorts herself to move her handcuffs from behind her to in front of her. Yeah. Which was well, pretty impressive. <laughs> but I like, I have to say, though, so I like, um, there is, I do want to talk about one point where, so Sybil arrests Rose, and she's, um, which, okay, I have to say this always bothered me, and I think even bothered me when I first saw it, is that um, sh- uh, Rose is, like, my daughter's missing. I have to find her. She's in this place. And Sybil's like, right. Got it. Totally. We're not going to do that. Instead, we're just going to walk to. And I was like, that's your job. Your job is like, there's a little girl missing. And your first instinct is to be like, we're just going to walk the 14 miles or however far it is to go to the station. And, or like, they're like going to like, um, was it like Toluca Lake or whatever, or something like that. Yeah. Um, something. And, and, <laughs> Like, she's just so, and I get that, like, she, I, I understand that Sybil's past had led her to feel maybe, like, really, um, trepid, like, a lot of trepidation towards someone who, you know, if a child might be in danger, but then, then if a child is in danger, she's not doing anything about it. She's not trying to find the kid. Yeah. Why would you leave the scene of the crime? Yeah. She's like like, so afraid. (laughs) Right. Like she's not listening to Rose and Rose is like, dude, what, like you need to listen to me and understand that my child is missing. And Sybil's just like tough shit. Let's go walk to the, you know, whatever. Um, Which is very video gamey because like non-playable characters have like a singular focus yeah 
but this is not a video game. This is a movie. So it right. doesn't make sense. Well, and it doesn't make sense, especially since, like, they say that this this thing that happened with this little boy where, she, where Sybil found this little boy and was like, holding on him for three days and kept him alive, that this was obviously a very traumatic event for her, but her first instinct isn't to find this little girl. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, what the, like, that always, always bugged me. So... I, when they're, when they're, they're like walking towards the, um, the car, whatever, and the, the like edge of the cliff, which they're finding out that the road is now closed for some reason, this cliff was never there before. And now it's Yeah, there. like the bridge is blown out basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was a road and now it's like, it's a cliff. That's oh, I it thought was. it was a yeah, bridge. It wasn't Either a- way. Yeah. Yeah. They can't get through. Right. So they're seeing this creature like walk down the hill very like erratically and that when I first saw that really creeped me the fuck out because it's so like it it looks like its arms are like contained within its body you know and it's mm-hmm. moving very it doesn't have a face and it's like body is like covered in maybe like some sort of like slime or like dirt or something and in that I thought was really creepy because and I I kind of wish that there had been like a bunch of them almost like a zombie movie where you're like when there's one zombie there's more you know yeah um but there wasn't and so instead it's like this creature that's like throwing acid at um at sybil and she's like shooting it which sybil was very very generous with her her bullets <laughs> yeah <laughs> she yeah. shouldn't have been and so, so when she, when this thing throws acid at her and she like rips off her helmet and her, um, her jacket, that was the moment that I fell in love with her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. And like, she rips off her helmet and I was like, I was like, oh my, I was like, who is this goddess? <laughs> well. Uh, oh that's funny because right before that scene um rose ran into that woman from the town like the scraggly woman dahlia, um, is that her name oh dahlia yeah dahlia, dahlia and that- yeah so she's showing a uh she has a locket of sharon sharon a picture of sharon in her locket rose does yeah and she's showing dahlia and dahlia is like that's my child that's my child and she's like reaching towards her and and what were you what were you gonna say about that? That was the scene that I said out loud, I hate this movie. <laughs> really? So, yeah, we both had very different experiences right around the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um I did not I, like the costume design for Dahlia. Didn't care. You for didn't it at like all. it? No. That okay, that actress is did you ever see White Noise? Yes, a long it's time ago. Michael Keaton. It's terrible. It's a terrible movie. Yeah, but, um, a long time ago. Yeah, it's like awful. Anyway, there is a scene where that actress like commits suicide or she like falls from like 16 stories of a building and like wakes up with like a bruise. And <laughs> and I every time I see her in anything, I'm like <sighs> just because <laughs> I had such an issue in white no in white noise that this woman fell off like a tall building and just woke up with a bruise on her face like I was like no she would have been obliterated she would have not survived that at all there's no fucking way right. like that you force trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah that someone would fall 
I'm guessing it's 16 stories. That's always what I said, but like 16 stories of a fall and was just like, I walked away and I was totally normal. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You would have exploded like on the sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty high distance to fall. Pretty far distance to fall. So anyway, so yeah. So then Rose runs away from Sybil because Sybil's fighting and looking sexy to Lauren. Very (laughs) sexy. Yes. So Rose runs away and I, oh, she found a picture in the car. She went back to the car and she found a picture that was like a school, a drawing of the school. Yeah. So she's like, oh, I guess she's in the school. And I was like, well, okay, why? I'm not going to question it. So she goes to this abandoned school. I think the thing is, I think the thing is, Sam, I got to say that if I think if you are someone who is not like us, who cannot turn their brain off in a movie, you might enjoy this movie. But if you're like us, who cannot turn your brain off in a movie and can't just enjoy a film, then you're probably going to feel the way Sam did. I don't, I don't know because I, there are movies in my life that I know that I just suspend disbelief and I can enjoy them even though other people can't. Like Communion? Yeah, but this movie, it just, it's lacking basic necessities for a movie. As I've said multiple times, it works as a video game, I'm sure, because as a video game, you're living it. Right. In a movie, it's those rules are, you have to change the rules a little bit because you're telling me a story. Right. And I guess that's my big problem. Like, I think she's like she's on all these random tasks which is very video game-esque like you have a task you complete the task you get a new task and yes the hero's journey is task oriented but in a movie it's done differently than it is in a video game and this movie i think got too hung up on the fact that it's made from a video game and i think they wanted to appeal to purists maybe people who are very big fans of the game And that doesn't work with a major motion picture because me, a civilian who does not play that game, should be able to walk in off the street and relax and enjoy the movie for the most part. Like, not talking about, like, personal taste or anything. Like, and I think that there was... You're talking about just in general. Yeah, there's just a disparity in the the way that they told the story of this movie. Right. And, And that's where I have an issue with it. So she goes to the school... And the imagery was kind of cool here. She, like, she runs into these, like, figures who are wearing, like, mining gear and they have a canary. And I thought mm-hmm. that that was kind of cool imagery, like, coal miners with their canary and everything. And I, I liked that. And then- I, have, I have to say something about that real quick before you go any further. Um, so they have a canary. But if you think about it, there's no reason for them to have a canary because they have the alarm that goes off. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the canary used... did freak out like like seconds before the alarm went off. That's true. I but think. it's like, so, I mean, like, I get what you're saying. But then if everyone who is going out and who is trying to, like, you know, um, like, gather stuff or whatever, like Anna does, who's introduced a little bit later, um, she doesn't have a canary. She doesn't have mining gear. So why 
why do these people have mining gear in a canary and she doesn't is she not as important as them well i think i think she's not a coal miner i think like in whatever sort of like parallel existence they're in be it purgatory hell a different dimension whatever they are predisposed to their like what they're familiar with so it makes sense that if they're going to go out exploring they're going to be wearing their coal mining garb and they're going to have the canary with them right and she's not a coal miner so she wouldn't she's just like a townsperson so weirdly enough that makes sense to me <laughs> of all the things in the movie yeah because to sense. me i'm like mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't, and i think it's i think it's done also because it's supposed to be um like i it's supposed to be like scarier that you can't see their face you know Mm -hmm. um i don't know (laughs) like to me not really so she's in the school um we already talked about the canary yeah so she runs away she runs away from those guys right and understandably so oh what i was gonna say is maybe it's like um kind of like i think I think inherently, like deep down inside, like humans are afraid of, of when you can't see a person's face because you don't necessarily know, like, are they enemy? Are they friend? Yeah. It's like an animal instinct kind of thing. It's like, so her fight or flight response is immediately like triggered and she's like, nope, don't, I don't know these people got to get out of there. And I totally get it because I probably do the same thing. Um, yeah, so she's in the school and she ends up in a um a bathroom, right? Yes. Mhm. And in the bathroom is uh that dude, Colin, who for some reason I was calling Dennis for like ever. Um <laughs> He looks like a Dennis. <laughs> anyway, so Colin who is all strung up by um barbed wire. What did you think of that part? I thought that part was pretty gross. Um, I so she she followed like this apparition of of Sharon in there. Yeah. She thought Sharon went in there and she could hear crying, and so she was like kicking open the doors. And then she gets to one stall and the door won't open, and so she peers underneath it, and it's him, and he's all tied up. And I thought that was pretty gross. And then she gets the door open and she notices something in his mouth and so she pulls out the thing in his mouth and that also is very video gamey to me because like why would she know that that was a clue why would she know what you know like why would that even resonate with her there's no um i don't know what the word like exposition or something there's nothing that would lead me as the viewer to understand how she knows to collect these clues well, there's, a, there's like something written on the wall that says like, look here or something that's pointing to him. But I also agree with you because I could, you could not pay me enough money to stick my fucking fingers in a strung up guy's mouth that has been hanging, like who looks alive, maybe just died. I don't know. You know, like in this guy's mouth, who's held up by barbed wire like i'm i would be like um i'll just figure it out of myself i'm i'm fine i'm good i'm fine i'm fine yeah like so i just i don't know i it's i keep saying this but it's too much like a video game and not enough like a movie in that scene i wish there would have been something there needs to be something just something small 
not just the writing on the wall, something small that would let us know like, oh, this woman, Rose, is well aware that she's going to have to follow a sequence of clues to get to her daughter. Right. In some way, um, I would have appreciated that. But this leads us to the part that I thought was really scary. So the alarm starts sounding, the whistle, the air raid siren starts blowing. And an air raid siren in, in and of itself is creepy sounding. It's very jarring. It's a good sound effect. Um, it's called a klaxon. Klaxon. Yes. Mm-hmm. I knew that, but I, I don't think I could have pulled the word out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So that happens. And then, um, oh, she was being chased by the coal miners, but she locked herself in the bathroom. And so I thought to myself, like, oh, well, since the darkness is overshadowing her, at least she's safe in a locked room. And she has her, her flashlight. And I, so I thought, like, that's not such a bad place to be. But then this part, this one part, I thought was truly creepy when Colin started crawling out of the bathroom stall. Yeah. And you just see his head appear first. And then his body follows and he's very contorted. I did not like that that moment. Once he was out of the stall and crawling towards her, everything was, like, very CG. And I it stopped being quite as scary to me. But yeah, when he first started crawling out of the stall, I thought that was very, very creepy. Yeah. Very creepy too. Yeah, I agree. Um, and he's like touching the wall and all this like, like red, like, I don't even know, like rot is going through the wall or something. Yeah. Um, which I think is probably symbolic of who he was as a character which you find out later that he was not a good person well i mean i'm assuming like someone who's strung up by you know barbed wire is like you know like (laughs) like they're not a good person right Um, but yeah no i agree that part that part is really creepy um and it's uh yeah so so let us talk about how christopher sean bean's character is trying to figure out where his wife is oh yes mm-hmm. i i liked christopher as a character because he was like really willing to to fight for his wife like he wanted to make sure she was safe to make sure his kid was safe um and i <laughs> i have to say that i didn't like that the cop um was named gucci I was kind of like any other name, <laughs> you know, like I was yeah, like any bad. other name. Yeah. He's like, oh, my name is Gucci. And I was like, okay. Like I, so I'm instead of being this- a fashion designer, like the rest <laughs> of the family business, he decided to become a detective in West Virginia of all places. Right. right. And like, <laughs> like, it's just, it was like a lit, like Abby, I'm sure it's a throwback to the, the video game, but the fact that his name was Gucci made me like, I was kind of like, okay <laughs> you know, like, I was just like like use any other name Smith Campbell any other name but Gucci like it's like yeah. it's like being like hi I'm Louis Vuitton it's like yeah <laughs> like you know I'm officer Coco Chanel yeah. <laughs> I'm officer Vera Wang I design <laughs> wedding dresses on my mean time um, yeah. Hmm. yeah so Thomas Gucci is his name and um and Christopher's trying to search the abandoned town. So what did you think of like the diff, like the kind of like the, um, I guess like the dichotomy between like him being in like the, the real world where it's like colorful and bright um, and he's in the same place that she is, but she's in like a very dark and like kind of muted 
color like muted as far as like the colors go i liked that i once again i thought the artistry of the movie in that regard was was really cool the lighting in his scenes was really cool really golden and the colors were so vibrant compared to hers and and that's really that was really neat i really liked that back and forth um, I liked seeing what the town actually looked like as opposed to what it looked like and wherever she was. Right. So yes, I, of all the things in the movie that I didn't like, I did think that that was done very well. I like that they're like parallel to each other where he's like, I just smelled her perfume. Like, and, and she's like in the same room with him, but she's not in the same room with him at the same time. Um, it's like actually, the, what, what were you gonna say that would have been like if we could if if i was in charge and they asked me what to do i think that would have been a neat moment to reveal that she's not in the real world anymore instead of revealing it as soon as she wakes up right because i i do like that ass i liked the idea of him saying like i just smelled her perfume i sensed that she was here and we could be watching the movie and the scenery could look very similar and then we can't understand why they can't see each other. And then as the viewer, that's when you go, oh, oh, that would be good. You know, I yeah, think that, would, that be good. would have been interesting. But instead, I already knew right. that they weren't. Yeah. Well, I think that as far as Silent Hill goes, there's certainly a lack of subtlety, which we've <laughs> talked about. We've yeah. talked about before with horror movies. Yeah. Um, I I didn't mind it so much, but again, I like this film. So, um, but I agree with you. I think that if it had been, you know, you're like, you're like, I don't, I don't get it. Like they're, they're like in the same place, but they're like just missing each other. Like they can't, like he can't see her like walk down the hallway or something. And then as you know, things are starting to reveal it's, I want like, when I watch a horror movie, I love the sinking feeling you get in your stomach when you realize shit isn't right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like you, you start feeling like uneasy and you're starting to feel like, Oh no. Oh no. What is happening here? But you're right. They don't really ever do that. Instead. It's just very much like, it's literally like they're slamming it in your head. Well, I mean, not literally, but you know, like what I mean, like with her slamming her head is is literally like pushing her into this next world rather than it being a subtle difference. And um, I think there's something to be said too about having it be maybe like less of the supernatural aspect to it. Because in my opinion, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but in my opinion, there's nothing scarier in this world than people who have a blind faith in in something that makes them totally and utterly willing to destroy each other yeah and it's like Mm -hmm. and when you have that especially when you have um like a mob mentality that is especially terrifying because it's all these people against you and you're the only one going no this isn't right but everyone is going um well it is though and we're gonna like bring you or whatever so yeah um, i know what you mean yeah. yeah. And it, it's human, humans can, I mean, humans destroy each other all the time. You know, like there, there's been even like now, 
there's like nonstop proof of humans just just absolutely tearing each other down and destroying each other, enslaving each other, killing each other. Um, So while the supernatural aspect, I think, is obviously like a throwback to um, the the, the video game in a film, it's maybe not as necessary as having the terrifying aspect of a, 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 you know, again, a group of people who are blindly following this thing and not having any sort of kind of like, um, what's that word? Um, autonomy or ability to think for themselves. They're just willing to go along with what they think is right, but they're not willing to go like, wait a second. Is it right though? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And I thought, if they would have expanded the cult aspect instead of having like, I'm, I'm almost certain the pyramid character, the pyramid head guy was only in it for fan service of the game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like in, in, as I've stated many times, if there was a drinking game for this episode, you could take a drink when I said in a video game, it works, but in a movie (laughs) it doesn't. Right. Yeah, no, and, it's definitely fan service. I yeah, for sure agree so with that. Yeah, and so I didn't care for, like, there was no, they called him the demon, but there was really no explanation for why he existed. Nope. Like, there was, he just, he just is. And and I didn't care for that. Well, and also, Alessa is a child. Why is she imagining this, like, seven foot tall, like, shirtless, like, super built dude who has a giant, like sword running around with a pyramid on his head why would she like why would that be something that she would imagine you know what i mean yeah unless it's something that is relevant to her life that she experienced then sure but it's not and we and maybe it is in the game i don't know but we don't know that as the viewers of this film and we'll never know that and the second movie is even worse than the first so (laughs) like the second movie was like you thought the first was bad girl the second movie is real bad (laughs) like i hated it i thought it was awful i will never watch that movie again sorry to those who love silent hill revelation but we ain't doing it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so and then also something else that i didn't care for is um how hollow the secrecy of this of the town was like the detective the christopher was like trying to get all this information from the detective and like the detective was just like i don't you know we fought really hard to help these people so i don't want to tell you this information and i'm like just tell him what he wants right like, show him that his wife isn't in the town tell him that the town had a terrible tragedy there was a terrible fire whatever but obviously there's like something deeper and more sinister that he doesn't want to tell right but well, I, just, I think no sorry to interrupt you what are you saying no i just i thought like he was it was very hollow like oh i'm just supposed to buy into the fact that like people in small towns with tragedies don't like to talk about it but they i thought that it was badly illustrated right i think with that and i agree with you that it's bad, badly illustrated is that maybe part of the reason that he was so secretive was because um it was his own trauma yeah as well yeah um, because he maybe. reveals that he's like when when he goes so he arrests christopher because christopher is an idiot and this fucking bothered me so much when he breaks into the um yeah the, <laughs> the like office with the um all the records the archives he like i'm like 
you're not trying to like just unlock the door like your first thought is to immediately break the glass and he's like touching everything he doesn't have gloves on like it was just there was so much about that part that bothered me and and then also oh go ahead well and then he's going to the orphanage and he's like attacking the nun and i'm like why why is this your answer is like violence to get the answers that you want like no one's going to give you the answers that you want if you're overly violent because they're going to be scared of you you know it's like or they're just going to tell you something just to make you go away regardless if it's true or not well in like you get more flies with honey you know yeah oh totally totally something that i didn't like (laughs) that i thought was really stupid was this fire this coal fire happened in like 1974 oh yeah i want to talk about that too so So christopher breaks into the police station and he goes into their records room and it's just like full of haphazard burned down boxes and i thought in the i don't know 30 years since the fire no one thought to like organize this room it's all just right there in the open like it's not a cold case it's right. over it should be like in deep storage it, but instead it's just like well we just pile them here for you know <laughs> the next 50 years and maybe someday we'll take care of them so i didn't like that way too easy yeah i thought that was too easy too like he like walks in and he's like oh great all the silent hill records yeah they should they like, should have just had a sign that said silent hill records room <laughs> like right this <laughs> yeah, way I and know. then like a little like like a butler like waving his arm like right this <laughs> way sir <laughs> do you need to come this because he's british for some reason in this. yeah um yeah i i thought so too and i did have so i had a question for you because i was like i don't know if i missed it after watching this movie a million times but i so they show this picture of alessa as a child and they're saying that it happened like 30 years ago but for some reason no one has aged during this time not only that but they're all like wearing victorian clothes like none of them are like none of them look like characters the cult is i'm talking about like everyone like sybil too because she was um because gucci found her the little girl alessa remember Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. He didn't yeah, age so either. Like, why the, isn't he in the like sixty? Yeah, or, he or should 70. be way older. Yeah, yeah. I, that's like, a great point as well. And they never, they never really go into it. And I could understand it being um, something where because you're living in a le- or the cult is living in a less's nightmare, so they haven't aged because it's like a stuck in time type of thing. But if Gucci found Alessa after she was burned which i'm getting ahead of myself but i think it's important why hasn't why is he still like in his 30s or 40s yeah that's i thought that i thought of that too i was like they couldn't find a different actor that was like younger of course they couldn't portray they have to like show his badge or something to show that he's the same guy but i know what you mean like why is he the same exactly the same like they didn't even try to make him look younger no no flashback yeah it's it's the movie like like, there's so many nonsensical things that happen that i have questions about that we'll get to okay yeah that's i agree with you like why hasn't he aged why is the cults like victor dressing like they're from the victorian age why is like everything about the city seems sort of older than the 70s except the cars on the side of the road so that really bothered me because i thought you're like you got your foot in two worlds like you want to have it be a recent disaster so people can still be alive to know about it but you also want it to seem spookier because it's older and that really bothered me yeah i agree it's weird it's just weird that there is like a set time like that's in the 70s 
but then no one has aged. Yeah, yeah. And her picture was like sepia tone, so it didn't look like a picture that would be taken in the 70s. Right. So, yeah, and I didn't care for that. Um, And then he, yeah, like he goes to the orphanage, and I thought it was really cute how the, the nun was saying to the little girls, like, get in bed. It's the best place to be on a rainy night. Like, that was cute. <laughs> I know. And then and then he he's like i need to know and like like yeah why would she give him any answers he'd come in like like aggressive he's like yeah. like and if you know if he had kind of been like my my wife and my child are missing i'm very worried about them you could like if you give me information i understand that you can't this might help me a lot um like anything you can give me any sort of like any sort of answer. I'm freaking out. I'm really worried about my family. I love them very much. But instead, he's like grabbing her and he's like, tell me about Silent Hill. And she's like, uh, no, no, get off me. And I totally get that. I would be like, I would be like calling the police the second I got away from that guy. Like, get this guy out of the fucking, like, he's going to kill my kids, you know, like, get him out of here. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't understand that and then that's when Gucci arrests him but then they show that's when Gucci shows him on his hands on his palms that he has like those burn marks yeah yeah and I didn't I didn't care for any explanation that he gave there he was just kind of like you know I don't like the past either basically like nothing was really resolved so much it's almost like a mysterious like like old man at an old like um like gas station like you shouldn't go there bad stuff happens there and yeah you're like, okay thanks old random guy like, at the side of it like who's like whittling for some reason like and it's just like chilling out it again like it's just that was like almost the like almost the equivalent of that is that he's like bad stuff happens there and you're like uh, okay <laughs> like, yeah can you tell me why nope yeah like what what happened gucci because small towns happen are... gucci <laughs> small towns are secretive i don't know if you've noticed but small towns are secretive so. very secretive yeah um so then back in the silent hill world um rose and, and my queen sybil are <laughs> run into anna who's like a creepy little weirdo yeah she and goes she finds that like the piece from the hotel was in colin's mouth yeah she's yeah. like we got to go to the hotel yeah yeah and they're trying to find room 111 and they find it like behind a painting of a woman who's being burned to death yeah and there was something that i didn't care for prior to that when they're in the lobby like sybil goes up to like the cubbies for each room where the room keys would have been kept and she just randomly pulls out another drawing and she says yeah. hey check this out i'm like what <laughs> it's so lame and of course it's a drawing and so they yeah the run, room 111 is hidden and anna yeah. for some reason decides to fault like stay with them anna's like collecting food for her mother yeah randomly. for the high priestess like well i don't i don't get like i don't i don't really understand why anna would have followed them anyway because she's like we're she's like we're we're going further away from refuge we're like you know she knows anna has lived in silent hill for you're assuming her entire life she knows that this place is scary af and if you are not in the church when that klaxon goes off you could be real fucked 
Yeah. And so I don't yeah. understand, like to me, if I were Anna, I'd be like, you guys can do whatever the hell you want, but I'm going to go like live, you know, like I'm going to go be, I'm going to go to the safety. I'm going to go where I know I will be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I thought it was a little bit weird. Um, maybe just setting up for Anna's like death later, but yeah, I thought it was, it was strange as well. And, and like you said, they find room 111 behind this painting. So it's been hidden. Mm-hmm. And they go in the room and they have to jump through a hole in the wall to another building. That was very video gamey. I yeah. thought. Like yeah. it went and then like when <laughs> any like, shot of like any shot of like a, a brick wall with like ragged like a ragged hole of like like haphazard bricks is like straight from a video game, I feel like. Well, and also the like void between these buildings was <laughs> like 200 300 feet deep and like totally black and super scary like if you fall down there you're dead and yeah. it was and it, it, it's a it weird it's just, it's just weird like that there's i don't know it, like the, it didn't really have an explanation why it was 111 so they go into this other building and then what i really hated was rose like has absolutely no problem jumping on all yes. these things and i was like rose girl you fall you slip you they're miss like, that you're dead you're falling to your death like they're like ceiling girders and she just casually jumps across them like like and again in a video game totally makes sense you know like when i play uncharted that's exactly what nathan drake does but like you know like in a in a movie that doesn't really make sense and she's trying to follow you know what she thinks is or she sees this little girl that looks like her her daughter but i it's pretty obvious she knows it's not her her kid and she follows her and then it's like it looks just like her child and she's like oh my god you look just like sharon that's crazy and um <laughs> and i don't i don't even remember what the girl says um the girl is like look i'm on fire and she holds her arms up and she's on fire you know whenever i think of silent hill i always think of that part and i like hold up my arms and i'm like look at me i'm on fire <laughs> like, it's just like she says something to her i think and i of course i can't remember what she says but um so yeah she's no problem and then like and then like there's for some reason this like thing hanging from the ceiling that she can just swing across on that like magically holds her weight and like yeah like so confident that it's gonna hold her weight and i was just like she has tremendous upper body strength i guess she can just swing like (laughs) like right like it's it's i don't know i I didn't I didn't really necessarily think that that part was important to the story. I No, I thought it was call it being any stupid. Yeah. Um but so then, then they hear they hear the klaxon go off and they're like all running. Yeah, and, so the in the cuz Anna's like we have to get to the church that's where we'll be safe. Right, right. So then you see all these people that you never knew existed before running to the church and I thought why do they ever leave the church? Yeah. Just stay in the church. Well, and also, why does Anna, like, Anna, like, waits for them to, like, go in? And I was like, why? What is your loyalty to these people? Yeah, I'm like, not sure. 
especially since like the first time she meets Rose, she essentially immediately accuses her of being a witch, which apparently is a huge like problem in this community is are, they're, like everyone who's not like you is a witch. Yeah, so, she's a witch. Uh, How do you know she's a witch? <laughs> so yeah, and then so Delia comes up and Delia is like saying Dahlia. to Rose, Dahlia is saying to Rose and Sybil, like, don't be deceived by these people. These people look like they're doing, like they're staying safe, but they're not, they're not safe. They're evil. And so they're all standing on the steps while the siren is going off and the darkness is slowly coming. And Anna's like standing on the steps, throwing rocks at Dahlia. Yeah. And then Pyramid Head. And I thought this scene was borderline really good and i'll tell you why so pyramid head shows up behind anna and dahlia smiles and he picks up anna and he rips her dress off so he's holding her naked and then he rips her skin off yeah and i think probably the most creepy scene in the movie for me was that moment when he ripped her dress off because it was really like she's you're you know like what's more vulnerable than a person than a naked person like it's so vulnerable but what ruined it for me is they were both computer animated yeah they're both obviously fake and that really bothered me because i thought that's pretty powerful and i don't know if i've ever seen that in a scary movie where somebody like rips someone's clothes off and then they're truly like at your mercy like they're totally vulnerable and i thought that was really creative and then he rips her skin off, which is gross, and that's a clever way to kill somebody. But it ruined it because they, they're not real. Right. They're, they're computer effects. And I know that there's not a person with a pyramid for a head, but they could have used makeup and costume design, and they could have yeah. done trickery. And I thought it would have been really good because it's very creepy. The nudity in that was used very well, I thought, like very um, powerfully. And it yeah. would have been better. I So I... Well, I want to get into it later, but I have some theories about Dahlia and like um, what may have happened to her. So I'm not going to say it now, but I feel like that's a, a tiny bit relevant to Anna being like vulnerable and naked. But um, yeah, so okay, so they get into they get into the church, and um, like of course everyone is like, "Oh my God, you're a witch!" <laughs> yeah, of course they're like, "She's a witch." She's, she's a witch. witch. Yeah. She's different from us. She's wearing a tank top and she's a witch. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that Christabella was Alessa's aunt. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah. She's wow. sister. Why she's Delia's that? sister. Dahlia. In the flat Dahlia, sorry. In the in the flashback, they established that they're sisters. Oh, yeah, I guess they do. Okay. I thought she was saying sister like as a term of affection. I didn't realize it was like like I don't know. I guess it's the thing that you love in movies where siblings <laughs> call each other sister and brother for no reason. That is another pet peeve of mine. I yeah. fucking hate that shit. It's like, it's like, like, hey, brother. And I'm like, you did not need to tell me that they were brother. And like, you didn't, oh my God. You know, it like, I, yeah. <laughs> Mike has actually, Mike and I have actually talked about that because he also was amused by you bringing that up. People don't actually talk like that. You no, know? I've never yeah. in my entire life and all the time that I've been alive and my sister has been alive, I have never said, hey, sis, to her ever at any point in time because I don't talk like that to my sister. I know she's my fucking sister. I don't need to <laughs> announce to everyone that she's my sister. Like, that, oh, that really, that really, yeah, no, that, that bothers me because 
to me, the person that's writing that, like, does not have siblings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it's just, yeah, it's weird. And yeah, anyway. So yeah, so then they, they somehow, I can't remember exactly the, the means of which they do it, but they get the coal miners to help them find where the darkness originates from so she can try to find Sharon. Yeah. Yeah. And so they yeah. take her to this hospital and they're like, Memor-, and, the, and the cult leader was like, Christabella was like, memorize this map. And that's so video gamey. Like, look at this map, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I, um, <laughs> every time I see that scene, I go, well, I would die. <laughs> because yeah. I'm, you can't, first of all, I like, okay, I have gotten, like, when I first started working at where we work, I got lost leaving the place like three times before and it's not that difficult to leave that place. I know you called me on the phone you're like I'm lost <laughs> no I so, agree well and she's standing there and she's like saying okay left then right then left then left then right and then she's okay so, like go on it's like if you're tr- like if somebody's like okay I need you to call me my phone number is five 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 one two three four so as long as nothing interrupts you and you can just keep saying that number over and over again, you might be able to call them. Right. But she gets like, to, like, uh, Christabella sees her lock in, sees that it's a picture of Sharon and or Alessa, and she calls her a witch and there's this kerfuffle and there's a fight. So at that moment, all of the careful, like left, left, right, right, that was in your brain is not there anymore. Like it's gone. No. no. And then she's, well, and then she's watching um, Sybil, who's now essentially her friend, like, uh, you know, attacking these guys, like hitting them with her nightstick, which, um, which I, I love her so much. Like anyway, but, um, and she's like, oh my God, Sybil, I love Sybil so much. Like she is my favorite character in that entire series. Like I, I love, I love her. And so she's like, she's such a badass and she's, she's such a great character because she's so, she's like, she's willing to sacrifice herself to help the less fortunate. And, um, and she like, there's like a bar that's in the elevator and she like rips out the bar and she goes, go and to Rose. And like, so Rose is like on this, you know, elevator that's essentially like plummeting towards the bottom. And, um, and Christabella like warns her, warns Rose that like the elevator will move if the demon wants you to come. So I have something to say about the whole thing about her memorizing this map is that she was like, she's saying like left, right, left, right, right, left, you know, but she really only made like three rights. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you? It was like down, it was like one turn and then down the hallway through past the like sexy zombie nurses and then she <laughs> the was sexy, there. sexy creepy nurses, yeah. So um, I thought, like I remember in my mind, the, I think the last time I've seen this movie was like probably five years ago. In my mind, in my memory, that scene lasted a lot longer than um, like than I remember. Like I thought more stuff happened in between her meeting the demon but it doesn't it was very like it was very quick and she you know she's um and the guy that handed rose the light and said they'll be attracted to the light but you can't see without it um so she's like down in this creepy ass basement and there's like all this clanking noises and everything and um has to 
see the you know she's like seeing the sexy like dead nurses like the weird like sexy creepy nurses which i absolutely hate that scene it really creeps me out um because the way they're they're like very twitchy and the way that they're moving is very unnatural um and it's just like and then they're all like attacking each other like what did you think of the the creepy nurses i thought they were pretty stupid did you like so she turned the light she she shone the light on them and they all walked towards her and then she turned the light off and they stopped so i was like okay well just don't turn the light on but then instead of like trying to edge around them she like decided to walk through the middle of the the group like that didn't make sense to me like instead of being like okay i'm gonna try to go around the edge of them instead of she put herself in the middle of this throng and then i don't know something happened and they tried to kill her but she made it out and then she just shone the light facing like she left the light there so they'd be attracted to the light and then she was through and i was like okay i didn't i didn't care for it okay yeah i i thought their faces were kind of creepy but and it was neat that like it looked like they might have been like partially real people and partially cgi not makeup i don't think which sure bugged me a little bit to be a broken record <laughs> but um well and that would have been really easy to use makeup right that scene. yeah It'd be very easy like I you know, just wrap also, like just like, like the, on their head you know yeah but just like the i don't know it was just another villain to get through okay yeah in the video game of this movie and yeah so then she gets into the room where the demon is and the demon sort of rewards her with an explanation and i need a lot of help with this explanation okay Okay. so this is how i understand it so alessa was a little girl in the coal mining town who was basically a bastard her dad Mm -hmm. wasn't in the picture all the girls at school made fun of her all the kids at school made fun of her for not having a dad which seems really weird doesn't seem like that happens ever in the 70s i mean if it was like 1880 maybe but yeah i don't like it it, like what is this like the scarlet letter like why do kids why do kids care in 1974 why girl that a girl's like most of them probably like not most of them let's say 20 percent of them probably have divorced parents i would think well probably not in this town though oh maybe not but you know okay that's true so anyway I do actually have a theory about that, but as you go on, I'll let you, I'll tell you what my theory is. Okay. So for some reason, the little kids care that she doesn't have a dad. And so she runs away from them in the school because she doesn't, she's getting bullied and she runs into the bathroom and Colin is there cleaning. And for some reason, the school has hired a pedophile. So he rapes Alessa in the bathroom. Right and no it's not pedophilia is not funny but what you said is like yeah, no, for I some reason so, i hired a pedophile so no, they don't unless do they get, background checks yeah and and also he cleans the girls bathroom the little girls bathrooms throughout the day right. makes sense all of it all of this is totally normal so far right and so alessa gets raped in the bathroom and then alessa's aunt christabella proceeds to tell alessa's mother delia dahlia dahlia what is wrong okay dahlia that (laughs) alessa is now unclean and she must be purified right so dahlia it's not it's not that because she was attacked by colin it's because she didn't she's a bastard oh why'd they wait till now then why didn't they do it when she was a baby um 
But you can't answer because it doesn't make sense. No, I can't. Like, I'm, you know, no, there's no reason. Like, so she, she convinces the mother to let them purify the child. So they take her into this room 111 where the cult does their shady practices and they try to burn her and they burn her. And I, this is my question. Was it an accident that she got burned so badly or was it their plan to burn her all the way? And the mom agreed to it, or were they just gonna like get her a little warm and say that she was purified? That's my first <laughs> I think question. That I think that their intention was to kill her fully. Okay, for um, whatever reason, like the oh, she's the only child that, like, she's the only quote unquote bastard child in that place. Well, in the seventies, I have I have a theory about that, but I actually want to get to it a little bit later because it's relevant to something else that happens. Okay, so, so let me finish yeah. what I, my understanding of it, and then we can go back and parse it out. So, okay. um, so then, so there's tragedy; it goes awry, and that's what starts the fire that ruins the town. Mm-hmm. Alessa gets put in the burn ward in the hospital, and. Un, for some reason, Alessa is Alessa's anger turns into a demon of Alessa, and a demon of Alessa comes in, and then, um, for some reason, uh, Alessa's joy turns into a human baby that they put up for adoption in two thousand, in like two thousand nineteen ninety six or something. So where did that baby like? How did a baby? from a little girl who got burned in the 70s get born 30 years later and what what is the point what is the point of alessa turn like nobody questioned why alessa turned like her goodness went into a baby so okay so in the wikipedia i'm looking it says that um when alessa like grew angry at what happened to her because she's still alive after being burnt like third degree burns all over her body horrifically burned um that it's not so much that like like a baby was born but they manifested so like a dark alessa manifested and then good alessa alessa which is sharon manifested but how would sharon manifest 30 years later (laughs) That's the question. But it also adds to the whole thing is why has no one aged, <laughs> you know, in this 30 yeah. years? Like no one has aged during this time. There, There's <laughs> there's a lot to like, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I was hoping that you would explain it to me. I don't know. I, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you're supposed to suspend disbelief that this is a thing that can happen. Um, I think I would have been more okay with it if it had been 1976 in the movie and not yeah. 2006. Well, it, the timeline makes no sense. It makes no sense because unless everyone has aged, which they haven't, it doesn't make... Why? Why? Like, there's no reason... No, it, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Um, so, okay. So do you, did you have any other questions about that or like want to talk about that more? Or? Well, I guess also like, so all of a sudden Rose knows that she has to take down the cult and the cult needs to be taken down because they are in purgatory and they haven't accepted that yet, I guess. 
and so for them to be like fully like rest and like to be fully dead they have to i don't get i don't understand the whole catalyst for the the whole movie i don't understand what needs to actually happen no i don't i don't really get it either i think that I think the idea is that Alessa is so angry that she wants revenge. And so her idea of getting revenge is to have Rose help her and attack her. I think, okay, so maybe Sharon being manifested as like the pure or good side of her, whatever, purity is so, I feel like purity is very subjective in this like world, just in general, really. Um, like what someone views as pure someone else might view as impure which i don't know but especially in this so maybe the point of alessa manifesting with it as as sharon as this like uh, this goodness is to eventually find someone to help alessa get revenge it's okay. not so much about Sharon as it is about the person coming to destroy this, to help her destroy this town. Okay. So that's, that's a theory. Okay. I, they I think- she, they kind of talk about it a little bit in that. Not really, but it is a little bit mentioned. Um, yeah, but I don't, I mean, I don't know. They, they really don't go into an explanation or a reason why, um, uh, Sharon exists other than it's just the goodness of this girl but then well like it's it's just so weird because like Alessa doesn't age either you know like she's not growing up either she's always gonna she's always a child so I just don't understand where that 30 years went like I don't get that you know like it's it's like it that I think is probably the biggest thing that bothers me actually about this movie is that the timeline is so bizarre and makes absolutely no sense and no one is aging, which again, if Gucci was like 30 years older or something, he was in his sixties. Maybe he was like, you know, even like having him being like a gruff, like, like I'm too old for this shit. I'm about to retire, you know, whatever. Um, would make more sense, but instead he's like still a younger guy who like had found you know Alessa after she got burned. So it would make sense that maybe the cult didn't age because they're stuck in this pur- this purgatory. But then, why hasn't anyone else aged? You know, yeah. so yeah, like, I don't I don't understand it either, and I think it's like it's even, badly done. Even you would think Dahlia would have aged. Because she's not technically part of the cult. Well, I think she died in the accident, like the the seam fire, like the coal seam fire and like the poison that eked out. Because I said something to Mike. I said, the city doesn't look very burned. It looks like old and like nobody's been keeping up with it, but it doesn't look burned. And he said, oh, they, they said that the air was toxic. Right. So I think most of the people in the town died from either the fire or the toxic fumes from, from the fire. So Delia is, is in the same place Dahlia. they are. Dahlia is in the same place they are. Like she's the, and they say at the end, the only reason that Alessa didn't have revenge on her is because like to a child, the mother is God or something. Yeah. God is our mother. So God she's not, she's not alive. Like the sheriff is 
for, there's no explanation why the sheriff is, is still alive and young and in the real world and not in whatever dimension they're in so that like none of that makes sense no no it doesn't um but they they also no. like they have that scene so rose like rose absorbs alessa because mm-hmm. alessa can't get into the well, church dark alessa dark alessa yeah because Alessa can't get into the church, so Rose goes into the church. She returns from, from the hospital, and she goes into the church, and they have burned Sybil at stake. And that looked very, um, the, that seemed pretty, pretty crazy. I was going to say pretty unpleasant, but that's an understatement. But, like, yeah. so they tipped the, the ladder, like, over the fire, oh, not even kill- into the fire, and, like, the heat killed her. She was calling for her mom. It was when yeah, she it was, died. Like it was it pretty was, intense. Like, yeah, that was like that broke my heart because Sybil was just a good character and she was just trying to help people out and she didn't deserve that. Yeah, um, and then they have Sharon tied up to a ladder. They're gonna do the same thing, right? But Rose comes in, and then this part I really hated. So Dark Alessa comes out because they stab Rose, but then yeah. instead of blood coming out, it's like Dark Alessa coming out so Rose doesn't die. And then randomly, for no reason, in something that would probably work in a video game but does not work in a movie, a hospital bed with burned Alessa appears and she has sentient barbed wire <laughs> that she just sends around the room and kills the various members of the cult with. Right. Right. So I, (laughs) yeah, I totally, I understand what you mean. Um, And I, so this is where I had a theory about Dahlia. So in the scene with the um, sentient barbed wire, they are, um, it, it grabs Christabella and she says something like, keep me pure or keep me like innocent or she says something like that that's basically like along those lines and then it like goes up her skirt which I actually made a recording of myself and then I deleted it because I was like no I'll remember this (laughs) like I um I my my first thought is okay so she's asking like whoever she worships god or, or whatever to keep her pure and then it immediately goes up her skirt, which is, I mean, like, I think like an allusion to like rape, but in that scenario, that is almost like saying like, like rape makes you impure. And I think that's kind of a theme throughout the entire film. I obviously do not agree with that because it's a terrible thing to happen to someone. Um, but my theory is that the reason that Dahlia had never stated who the father was was because she was raped. Yeah. And Alessa's the product of rape. And maybe that it was shame yeah. or it was fear that kept her from, from, you know, saying, like, he could have been a higher up in the church. Who knows? And he could have attacked her and threatened her or whatever. And so Dahlia felt like she could not say who the father was because she refuses to you know, say who he is. And that, that makes me wonder, like, what if like Alessa is the product of rape and instead of the church going like, Dolly, I'm, I'm so sorry that this happened to you, this horrific event that happened to you, you know, will help you take care of your child. Um, 
instead they made it like what happened to like this this horrible horrific event that happened to Dahlia and the product of said horrific event was Alessa and so because of she's that product of this horrific event she needs to be destroyed because she's the product of rape I don't know yeah no I that's, think that's my theory. theory yeah yeah I think that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah and yeah. I mean it's it's like pretty disturbing that that's like that's the thing that that you're taking away from this or that you know we're kind of supposed to take away from this um yeah i didn't care for the visual like have you ever heard of tentacle porn yes <laughs> i didn't care for the visual of barbed wire going up any woman's skirt um, no no i, and, I thought well, they i mean i don't left think you're supposed out. to yeah well, yeah obviously you're not supposed to like it I just thought they could have left it out. I like your theory. I think your theory makes a lot of sense, and I don't know how they could have shown it otherwise, but I also didn't like it. I didn't well, and like the visual. But it's almost like, and it's almost too, it's almost saying like, okay, so Christabella was the one who basically um, was the reason behind why Alessa got um, burned to death, or she's still alive, but you get what I mean, is that what they're they're kind of saying is that okay so if this is the reason why she was burned to death because she's a product of sexual assault then the same thing deserves to happen to christabella so it's like what so christabella deserves to have this horrific thing happen to her as well because like it, it just doesn't th like that's kind of what i'm i'm getting from this yeah. And this again, this didn't occur to me until yesterday. Like I had never thought of this before. Um, but that's what makes me wonder if maybe Silent Hill is less of a take on like a horrific purgatory type thing, but more of a take on how people view those who have been sexually assaulted and the product of said sexual assault. You know yeah that that's that's a good theory that makes a lot of sense yeah especially mm -hmm. in a cult who is so stuck on being pure and having purity within them that something like that may you know i mean because there's there i mean this is talked about all the time where there's like victim blaming where someone is like well you know like what were you wearing well maybe you shouldn't have worn that and this wouldn't have happened to you and that's the stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard because it's not the victim's fault. It's the person who fucking did this, like sexual assault. So right. in, in this society, in this, in this very incredibly closed-minded cult, that their, their first thought would be like, well, you as a woman, like who maybe is already impure because you were born a woman, is impure even more now that this has been brought upon you even if it's not your fault and yeah 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 it's pretty dark it's that's pretty a good up. good theory yeah thank you i was pretty proud yeah. of that actually yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh. no it's good it makes a lot of sense it it makes a lot of sense yeah 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 so that's super depressing yeah yeah <laughs> so then they like and then Alessa comes up, like, so Alessa kills the congregation, and um, 
Rose and Sharon are cowering in a corner and Rose is like, just go to sleep, close your eyes. It's all a dream. It's all a dream. It's all a dream. And Alessa comes up and R- Sharon opens her eyes and Alessa is staring at her. And then the next thing you know is they're um, getting in the car and driving home and they drive home and it's still like super, it's still super foggy mm-hmm. and it's, they're obviously still in like the upside down or wherever they are. And they like, whereas the cliff was there on the road before it sort of, the road is appears as they're driving and they get home and it's dreary and foggy. And then you see that Christopher is at home too. And they're like parallel in, in the home together, but in different dimensions. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So this i think is a good point to bring up vel's um uh email so her question is or her questions are where do you think silent hill is located do you think it's in hell do you think it's in purgatory and somewhere in between what is your theory on that it seems like purgatory to me okay because i don't know how you like if it's hell then i don't know if you can die like she dispatched the congregation pretty good and they all disappeared. So they died in some form. So I think it can't, it's not, I don't think it's hell proper. It's like a holding area or something or some different, I don't know. I think it's like an allegory for like purgatory. Yeah. But I don't fully understand purgatory either. So maybe it's like also like a different dimension or like a multiverse thing. I don't know. (laughs) I, I'm not sure either. Um, I I think it's weird if they're stuck in purgatory, then why would Rose and Sharon still be stuck there? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, because they've helped, you know, get rid of this cult. So then what Alessa wanted is done. So why keep these people in purgatory? Yeah, that's another thing that I had a problem with the ending. And I was, I was like, so they did this quote unquote good deed, but they're stuck there? Yeah. I don't understand that. Then if they're stuck there, why not just keep them in Silent Hill? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, what's, why, why have them leave at that I, point? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It would make almost more sense if Alessa felt like they were maybe, like, her property. And she was like, no, I'm going to keep you here now because I want you here. You know? Yeah. That they were able to get out of there, but they were still, for some reason, in this, like, weird, like, foggy-type universe. So... It's, I don't know. I, I would agree. I don't think it w- it's hell either. I don't, yeah. I just don't know if it's purgatory either though. Yeah. It's maybe like a different dimension, I guess. I don't know. I thought it was, it was a weird, like it was a non-ending ending that really bothers me because it's done in a way where I don't understand why it happened. Like, it's not like an ending that's ambiguous for like artistic reasons to me. It didn't seem quite artistic. It seemed like she did the deed that she was supposed to do why she's still stuck here and you're not going to explain it you know right and if they were going to do that what they could have done is they could have um they could have done it so that instead of them going to like a separate universe or whatever they like went back in time which would make sense why no one was aging and then what would I think would be interesting is if they went like back to home and then Christopher was like 30 years older. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. Like some sort of like 
like like when you are abducted by aliens you lose time or something yeah like yeah. That. yeah right yeah no, i think like, that would have um, been interesting like did you ever see the lion the witch in the wardrobe yes mm-hmm. okay or read the book or whatever so like in that these kids went to this other world and they like had lives like they lived an entire life and then they went back into this wardrobe and they were kids again which i like have a lot to say about that movie but i could not imagine how frustrating that would be living an entire life having all these experiences and then going back and being like damn it i'm only 14 again (laughs) yeah yeah that would be weird that's yeah yeah Yeah. so that you're right it is a non-ending and i think that had the movie been done better um it would make a lot more sense as like it would be spookier as an ending but it, it wasn't really. It kind of just made you feel like melancholy, you know? Like you're just like, oh, okay. So Yeah, it felt like a wasted journey to me. Like I didn't really care for the movie all the way through, but then the end didn't redeem it at all. I just I felt like it was just more like, oh, I wasted there's not even a satisfaction at the end because oh, I know why I went on this journey. I don't know why we went on the journey. There's no re and if and that doesn't even seem that doesn't even seem like a good video game ending almost like I'd have to see how the game ends, but it's, you know, like, Oh, you beat the boss, but you're stuck in silent Hill. And I would render a guess that the video game explains it a little bit better, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Cause I never played it. Yeah. Um, what else does Val's email say? Is there anything else? So the, she asked, did she die in a car crash? Or did she asphyxiate on the coal fires? Is she still alive but trapped in another plane? So I had a theory about that, is that Rose, well, both Rose and um, Sybil suffered some pretty serious TBIs. Um, Like really nasty, like out for several hours. That is a nasty concussion. Um, If they had maybe played it as you're kind of questioning whether or not like is all this in their mind because they have tbis or which i don't just for audience that means traumatic brain injury um or is this really happening but they don't they don't do that and so i don't i don't know like they don't they they don't really answer these questions and i'm i don't think that she died in a car crash because if she died in a car crash why would she go to this place you know and why wouldn't she get out of it once she was like if she died in a car crash and she went to purgatory to help alessa figure out her shit and then she figured out her shit and she helped alessa and then that was over and then maybe like she like left and was like walking through a field of flowers with like with her daughter could have been kind of like a really sweet, maybe like a little bit of a bittersweet ending, but it would make a lot more sense that you're like, oh, well, maybe they're dead now. And them being in purgatory was kind of like the step that they needed to like take to make sure that like Sharon was truly going to be like at rest, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I- yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess. But they also never found their bodies. Like yeah. their bodies weren't in the car. So that's right. weird. So I don't get it. Yeah. So, and then her last question or her last questions is, are, excuse me, 
And what about Alessa? Is she still herself by the end or has she become wholly the demon? Yeah. Is she talking about Sharon? Like is, is nope. Alessa inhibiting, inhabiting Sharon or? No, I think she's talking about Alessa. So is Alessa still the demon? Is Alessa no, still alive so, in the hospital bed? So yeah, I think that's years what later they, as a child. Well, that's the question. That's I think that's that's the the question that we have to answer is that. So did Alessa like 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 fully you know combine with this rage monster that she has, or um, I don't know would have a, a, would like would fulfilling. Alessa's desire to extract revenge upon all these horrible people like bring about her death as well or would it just cause her to um like really become one with this demonic entity you know I I I don't know I'm now I'm wondering is Alessa so Alessa in 2006 is still alive in the hospital bed that's what you're assuming yeah but why would she still be a kid why would how come none of them have aged <laughs> that's that's exactly the question is that you're right if she why would she be still be a kid or why would she be a kid and why have none of them aged yeah i don't understand i don't i don't know i that's a good question but to answer that question i'd have to rewatch the movie and i'm never planning on doing that <laughs> No, I don't know. I think I would assume that Alessa is fully a demon at this point because she killed the people in the congregation pretty brutally. Um, I would have liked, if she's still alive, I would have liked perhaps a real-time image of her in the hospital while they're giving the backstory. There's just a lot, a lot happening that, as I've said many times, I would have accepted if I was playing a video game but I do not accept in a movie. And I think that's the problem. You know what would have been good? Is if the demonic side of Alessa had, like after the town had been destroyed, she disappears and the town is kind of restored back to the color like that it was before because now the evil is gone. Mm -hmm. And now yeah. it can just be like a little like peaceful cut off town that no one needs to go to and then rose and and you know share and go back to their normal lives but it it leaves a lot of questions there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot more questions than there are answers and we just don't know we just don't know yeah i think it's um it's just not it's not well thought out no. for a movie but I agree. I think her story, I think her email mentioned something about how it's like not a bad story. Oh, she wants us to talk about the soundtrack too. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I personally didn't really think there was much extraordinary about the soundtrack. Like it was fine, but it wasn't, it didn't like have some long lasting impact on me or anything. Um, when I think about that movie, I never think about the soundtrack versus other movies that I've seen where um like the soundtrack is really excellent and i'm like shit the movie <laughs> like the music in that movie is like is so good but not in this i i no i don't i don't really see it that way um 
Yeah, I didn't um I didn't even really notice the soundtrack very much. I liked the air horn or the sorry. I liked the air raid siren. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I didn't I didn't particularly this the soundtrack didn't really stick out to me otherwise. Yeah. She says the plot itself which while is not as tight as most good horror films leaves a lot open to interpretation. That's what I was that's the part that yeah. I was thinking of. And I agree like I think there are moments in the plot that I thought, okay, this is could be like partial bones of an okay movie where like a little girl is brutalized by a cult. You know, that's that's an interesting story, but there's right. just too much in the movie that there's too many holes. Like who's the pyramid guy? Why is he there? Why is why like you said why is no one aged? What is the point? Like the darkness it's her nightmare but why is she still alive she was burned that badly would she live in a hospital bed for 30 some years what is going on with time it's there's too many questions that i think need to be addressed not necessarily answered 100 percent like as i've stated before like i don't need a perfect explanation for everything that happens but i do need an attempt to get me on the right page so I'm on the right track and this movie I don't think has that I agree with you I think for me the biggest part that bothers me is the timeline the timeline to me makes absolutely no sense why yeah. why why have it be part of the thing just don't have it then you know like you can't have be like oh this girl was alive 30 years ago for some reason no one's aged even though they're in the real world like Gucci and it's it it, it's just like what you know Mm -hmm. and you know if they were going to do something where they were going to have you know like um alessa's um like be satisfied in her revenge and you know kind of maybe them showing like like a theater or like showing like the audience like um that that uh sharon and and rose have passed on then they also need to show that sybil still like okay you know what i mean like that she's also passed on you yeah, know yeah yeah because where did she go yeah i agree and like have dahlia like restored back to like before she gets all like you know like bag ladyish. um yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's what i that's a good way of describing her yeah, yeah. um I always, I always thought that the actress had like a like lioness like features. Oh, yeah. Do you interesting. kind of see that maybe? Um, I, I think she's. I think she's an. I think she has a very extraordinary look. I think she's a, a pretty woman. I think she's a beautiful woman. Um, yeah. No. I. I <sighs> there's a lot. I think there's a lot that could have been done to make this a very interesting film and while i still love it i also completely understand where you're coming from and i do agree with you on certain things is that there's there's a lot that is left to make you wonder like well what the fuck why is this 30 years later why is nothing changed if like 30 years is now five okay no one like people pretty much look the same after five years (laughs) but 30 no people do not look the same after 30 years you know it's it's nonsensical it doesn't work yeah no i would you recommend this movie (laughs) um i would 
I, I, I think it's, I like it. I, I think cinematography is good. I, I think that, um, I think Sybil's a really great character. I, I overall, I like the film. I can look past all its flaws and I can still like it. Um, I, if you're going to, if you're going to watch it, I would say just, you know, like, don't, just don't look that forward to it. <laughs> like, don't, don't expect too much from it. So I'm guessing you would not recommend it. <laughs> right. I would not recommend it. I think all the reasons I've mentioned, but also I, I thought it was pretty boring. Um, the mystery was killed for me pretty quick. And so it, it, I didn't really have much of a reason to like care what was happening because I knew it was a different dimension of some kind. I wouldn't recommend it. I, I just, it's not, it's not a movie that I care for. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. And that's why we get along so well because we <laughs> don't have a lot of the same opinions. <laughs> we were talking, we were talking uh, earlier this week and, and Sam's like, do you think I'll like this? And I was like, I honestly don't know. <laughs> like, because we've both reached a point where we're like, we're like, think we might like we think that we know the other person is gonna like the movie but then like it turns out that they hate it and so we're like oh just kidding I guess that yep. you didn't like it so yeah 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 so that's that yeah you no know, we've been friends <laughs> for almost a decade and you still surprise me every day oh wow <laughs> there's always something new to discover <laughs> all right well if you like us give us five stars on iTunes we're on Google Play we're on Spotify we're on SoundCloud we're on Stitcher uh, we have Instagram at Watchers of Movies and Facebook at Watchers of Movies. And if you want to give us any suggestions, you can reach us at Watchers of Movies at gmail.com or you can privately message us and let us know what you think about this film. If you want, yeah. Or if you, if you see what movies we're doing next and you want to submit some questions like Val did, please do that. Yeah, seriously, do because we love it. It's, mm -hmm. I think it's, we love the engagement, we love, you know, having someone else um like like maybe you think of something that we didn't think of and we would love to talk about that because that would be really cool and really interesting and fun so yeah yes. and thanks to mike for our music yep you can find him on twitter at the mike show 42 his name is mike myers thanks mike thanks mike and i think that's it yep bye bye